Dovu, in partnership with Capital FM, presents Elephant in the Room, a first-of-its-kind podcast series. Financial experts share insights only experience could teach. Let's talk money. Welcome to the Elephant in the Room podcast series. I'm your host, Ron Yangeri, Chief Thinker, Co-Founder, and Chief Commercial Officer of Novo. I am joined by my co-host. Hi, everyone. My name is Radhika Bachu. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Dovu. People like to call me the super striker. Because you score goals. I do. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Not just money goals, other goals too. <laughs> In this particular session, Radhika, we're just going to chat about our career journeys, what got us here to form Dovu. You know, we've been doing this for two years now. But I think this is a session where we, we open up, I dissect you, dissect me, and chat about how we got here. Yeah, Let's do it. How did you get into this thing? How did you get into this? So I think if you're a startup founder, you have to be raging mad. Every day is a roller coaster. You know, we go through probably, what, six, seven emotions a day. There's some super highs, super lows, you know, but we keep plugging through and that's the main thing. Motivation grit, resistance, persistence is like the key when it comes to becoming a startup founder. But my journey really started when I was in university. So before going to university, I was, you know, when growing up from a young age, I was surrounded by women who ran businesses. Where we are today is because my grandma studied a business in the 1970s. That would be unheard of, especially for an Indian woman who's just come to Kenya. She set up the business and that's why my father is still successful and and running it himself so seeing her first of all was you know mind-blowing especially now looking back and we now know the struggles of a woman in the 1960s to run a business and then my mom had her own business I mean it wasn't the bread earner but she was making her own money she was you know running a team and that was super exciting and then I went to university thinking what do I want to do with my life? Being in a Kenyan and Indian as well, parents always force you to do dentistry or medicine. I applied for dentistry, got into one of the best universities and was like, ah, let me go do some work experience. So I've applied. I've said to the guys, yeah, I've done my work experience, but I'm doing a few more in the summer. And they're like, oh, that's really great. Got in. Um, and I went for my first session. and I thought, oh my God, I cannot do this. And at that time, obviously as a kid, you want to please your parents. You have to do dentistry. You do need to do something in medicine. So I remember picking up the phone and crying. My dad's like, what's wrong? Is everything okay? At this time, I was in London. And he's like, what's wrong? I said, Dad, you know, I don't want to do dentistry. And he's like, okay, but why are you crying? I said, yeah. because you want me to do dentistry. Like, that's... And he said, no, I don't want... I didn't have that want. Yes, I suggested it. Mm-hmm. But what do you want to do? I was like, honestly, I have no clue. And at that time, like everybody else, they want you to pick a career when you're at the age of 16 and you have no idea. You're young. young. So I was like, okay, I think I'm good at maths. And he's like, that's true, you're very good at maths. He's like, why don't you do maths at university? Great, so I spoke to a few people and said, right, that's what I'm gonna do. So I called the university that I really wanted to go in, where I had a place, and I said, please, can you take me for mathematics? And they said, listen, unfortunately, we're full for the year. If there's any dropouts, we'll let you know, but we can definitely enroll you for the next year. So I said, that's fine. I was like, oh no, all my friends are going to university and I'm not. But that was an opportunity because I then said, okay, so I have about a year off. What can I do with my time? So I decided to do internships. So I emailed a few people, was like, hi, I would love to do an internship. And yeah, got onto one of uh, HSBC's summer internship, which was great. Learned loads about it, but definitely knew that's not the department I want to work in. Which department were you in? It was retail banking. 
Okay. Yeah, so yeah. It, was, it was like very much being day-to-day, -day facing customers. And at that stage, when you're a bit young, you don't have the confidence. So you're a little bit like, mm, this is not what I want to do. But it's something in finance. Okay. So then went on to university, graduated um, in mathematics, and was like, okay, this is great. I have a mathematics degree. But like me, I'm a planner in life. I love to plan. So I decided to... The year before I graduated, started applying for roles. I uh, spoke to a few people and everyone was applying for audit. Audit is like a huge thing in London. Everyone wants to do It's an easy way to a big four. Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing audit. I'd be bored. I was like, no way. I so, apologize to all the auditors listening in today. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, you know what? If you actually ask an auditor, I've only probably met one out of 10 people who say they love audit. So the reality is it's, it's quite monotonous. And apologies for those who do audit. But yeah, so I went to, I, I got into the graduate scheme for Deloitte uh, as an investment consultant. And keeping in mind in the back of my head, I was like, I will always run a business. But I knew that going, I can't start a business if I don't have any knowledge or domain expertise yeah. about anything. Uh -huh. So I was like, how do I use whatever I'm learning now to really learn and see how I can turn that into a business? So I spent four years in Deloitte as an investment consultant, advising people on how to take the money they have today. Not people, actually, corporations and organizations. So they have large pension schemes. They promise to pay out pensions for their employees when they come to retire. And so... I was working on the back end, doing a lot of modeling on Excel spreadsheet. No, not the kind of modeling you're thinking, real. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's like uh, we have a Naomi Campbell in here. Yeah, 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 I wish. No, I'm yeah. too short, too fat, not going to work. No, I don't have the sharp chisel features. But yeah, so did a lot of asset liability modeling. Um, and very quickly after four years, you know, I was in rooms with super senior people, understood that actually my skill set is better suited with people. Okay. Then moved over to BlackRock, which is the world's largest asset manager. And whilst I was there, I don't think I fully appreciate to the value that that company was giving me. And I guess sometimes they always say, take a step back and yeah. then you'll realize what life is actually teaching you. So the exposure I got there was vast. I, I was in the room with the most brilliant minds. We had access to large amounts of data yeah. and using that data, really speaking to clients to understand what can we solve? What problem are we solving for you? And how do we bring the skill set and the machine of BlackRock to you? And BlackRock, one thing was super interesting about was everything was done from a risk governance perspective so whatever decision you make you say okay what how can we reduce the risk of making this decision okay yeah. and what does that mean for someone's money will it make sure it protects their money so everything was driven around uh, capital protection and then row yeah. 2019 comes around and my husband's like right we got to move back to kenya i said wonderful what am i going to do in kenya Was your husband in black rock or where no, yeah. he, we met him just uh, through friends. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. but he's Kenyan and I was Kenyan. I never thought I'd marry a Kenyan, but I did. And I'm quite happy, actually. Go Kenya. Yeah. Go Kenya. But, you know, decided to come back to 2019. And again, I always knew I wanted to start a business and I, hadn't, I didn't have a family at that time. So I went around speaking to CEOs of companies, speaking to people in different types of things like skincare. I spoke to a chocolatier. I spoke to somebody who was in fashion. I just really wanted to start something. The world was my oyster. Yeah. And then I had a conversation with one of the CEOs at the largest bank. And I realized because of the exposure I've had, there was such a big gap in the market for retail investors. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively lazy, so I'm like, shoot, <laughs> I want to start a business, but how do I go about starting a business? I don't know how to start a business. And then I was like, what is the quickest way to learn how to start a business? I went online, I Googled it, and then I realized I don't want to do an MBA, which is two and a half years. It's also really expensive. And it's a lot of theory as well. And I think it's yeah. great because it holds value in the States, but somewhere in Kenya, I don't see the MBA really holding that much value. Yeah. So I was like, what's the quickest way? I joined an accelerator program, which taught me 
everything you would learn in an MBA, but in six weeks, and you were actually applying it from day three. Crash course. Crash course. Yeah. It was intense. But that was the best thing I did because that's where I met my co-founder, Ro. Yeah. And then we were like, what do we solve? What do we build? And I had an idea. Ro had an idea. We both had the right skill set. The rest was history. That was a journey. You could have been a dentist. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) some some stuff you could work on right here. I mean, on my side, my my journey is, let me say strange. There was a series called Capital City. It was in color. It was not in black and white, guys. It's not Charlie Chaplin days, but it was an amazing series. I saw it as a kid. What I liked about it, I'm like nine years old. My late father's journalist, right? So whenever I used to hang out with him, we would discuss stuff like uh, there's a problem in Lebanon. So geopolitics and certain decisions. Ro, this explains your need for historical information. (laughs) It it makes a lot of sense now. I didn't realize. There's a background to everything. Yeah, there is. Yeah. So chilling there with my dad, I'm like, wow. This is a very interesting series. They're, they're traders, they're doing stuff. But before they execute a trade, they always do analysis. You know, yeah. they're like, oh, this president has taken power. Oh, that particular law has been changed. Like, okay, there are all these intricacies Yeah. before you actually place that trade. So from my young age, I knew I'm going to go this way. I didn't know it was called finance, yeah. but I knew I was going to play around with money and do stuff. Can I say something? Yeah. So when I was young and somebody had asked me, what do you want to be? And I always saw myself running a company, but okay. I didn't know what it was. Like I just knew there's a company. There's a company. Yeah. And I don't know what it did, uh-huh. but I was in charge. <laughs> so <laughs> weird. <laughs> so it's amazing. And that was at a very young age as well. For me at that age, I didn't think I want to be a leader of anything. I was just like, I just want to do some trades with this money thing. All so right? your nerd was coming out, your nerdy side. <laughs> Let me just do analysis and stuff like that. So I move on a couple of years later. I was I got into Strathmus. Then there was something called an IPO, right? This is the first time I came across a term called IPO, initial public offer. And it was for a company called Kenya Airways. And I understood like this company is selling pieces of itself to the people, right? And I went to my dad. My dad used to travel a lot. Yeah. So I knew KQ. I knew Kenya Airways yeah. as a company that moves my dad away and brings him back. You <laughs> know? <laughs> so I reached out to him like, hey, uh, these guys are doing uh, an IPO. That says yes. And so, you're like, what is an IPO? So he breaks it down for me. We can become owners of that. Like, amazing. Why don't you break it down for us? Okay. Yeah. Using, using uh, my dad's simple terms. You have this big company, right, that decides to sell pieces of itself, all right? Saying, right now we, we say we are owned by Radica. She owns 100% of this company, but we want other people to come in, be part of the journey on the upside. Uh, the upside is the success of the business, you know, and you now split up Radica's 100%. You say, I'm going to create something called shares. When you break ownership of the company, the small pieces are called shares. So KQ then did about, I think, 6 million shares. They created like 6 million shares. Okay. And you're selling this to the public, telling Kenyans, all you guys use KQ all the time, become owners of this business. So that was the first investment decision I actually made, 1996. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the first investment. That goes through my dad. (laughs) Yeah, so you're like, Dad, here's all my pocket money. I've been doing the chores around the house. Now go invest in KQ. Yeah, in this KQ thing. Wow. What are they worth today? That's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) What I can tell you is this. I got into KQ. I think the the share price then Uh was about 11 shillings, 25 cents. Wow. Okay, when it came to market. We sold the shares, right? Now, I'm much later, I'm older, I can see what's happening. Yeah. We sold shares KQ in 2005. Were you much richer? 450 shillings a pop. Long-term investing. Yes. 
yes. smart. We held it 10 years. The the upside was amazing when we sold it. Yeah. Things has changed. So we looked at I looked at my dad, he looked at me like this like, is an amazing tag team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And same thing happens. Much like you encounter on your family side, I had people telling me stuff on my side, you know, like you you need to be a doctor. You're so smart. You're smart. Come a doctor. <laughs> you know, and be like, yeah, I'll be a neurosurgeon. Yeah. Cardiologist. The stuff of kind of stuff people always say. So stuff you watched on ER. Yes. Damn George Clooney. <laughs> 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 Messing up our lives in the nineties. Yeah. But in my heart of hearts is like nah. Yeah. It's not exactly what I want to do. I don't yeah. wanna actually want to do this. Your experience where you said you went in and you saw like uh uh-uh, I don't want to be a dentist. No way, yeah. Mine was a rough experience. So I got you to med school, University of Nairobi. Well done. Congratulations. Thank you. I was young and had a yeah. lot of energy. Day one, orientation. We're taken to the morgue. There's a morgue right there. Yeah. At the uni, Chiromo. So there are all these cadavers around, pulling the shit. You're like, that's the guy you're going to work on for the next one. Yeah. Like, I am not going to do this. No, thank you. <laughs> Never. Thank you, but no, thank you. And we have a lot of respect for medical practitioners. We do need doctors. We have a lot of respect, but you and I have... I guess weak-hearted when it comes to ah, blood. Not my thing at all. Not <laughs> my thing. That was my first, I can call failure. Okay. Right? In that I'd not become a doctor. I said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to do this. L- let ah. me just fail. But fail forward. I still had my passion. Remember okay. as a kid, there was this thing I could have done. So here I am. I've left. I've said, I'm not going to do medicine. People think that guy's that guy is bonkers. He lost it. Why has got loose? But at the same time, I'd actually qualified as a CPA. Right, okay. and my counting uh, badges, I think, at 20. Wow. Yeah, so I have something back here. Okay, so wow. my first job was 20, and I was an accountant. That's the first thing I did. In a wealth management firm, as wow. Phil told have it, right? Yes. So the boss then takes a punt on me. This is a young kid. He's just qualified as an accountant. Let me give him a gig. Yeah. I am the back office, right? Where you, you're working on models. I, I used to do the same stuff. Yeah. But then clients will walk in and I'll talk to them about their portfolios. Yeah, because you know you knew what you were doing. I know this stuff. Yeah. So the boss is like, hey, this guy is in the, this guy's in the wrong position. Yeah. Let's let's move him forward. So I went to the front office, client facing, and here we are today. You know, still chatting, yeah. still talking to clients about finance. You know, I went to uni after that. Of course, my my medicine adventure was over. Uh, made some money early days. KQ partly helped in, in doing stuff. Definitely. When I did the sale. Did my undergrad in banking and finance. A couple of years later, there was a global financial crisis in 08. Yeah. So there's something weird about financial services. <laughs> so I'm out there thinking, what do I do next? What do I do next? Then the same thing that you did. Just Google, find out how do I find out how to run a business. Yeah. You know? And like building on the fact that actually, bro, when I came back, what... So first of all, before I went into the startup journey, wanting to own my own business, I'd already had these thoughts. So whilst I was at corporate, I actually knew I have a salary that is sustainable. It comes in every month. It's guaranteed. So how do I make sure that when I enter into the journey of trying to figure out what I want to do, I've got money. And so actually, you know, obviously I worked at an asset manager, so you have a lot of red tape. You can't do individual, you can't buy companies individually because it's known as insider trading. Of course, I had access to so much information. So instead I decided to invest through funds uh, because you're just buying the index. What it means by buying the index is you're holding a basket of a technology sector and you're buying all technology companies and you're not saying, I think Apple is going to do better than Microsoft. And so it's just passive investing. 
What, what do you mean by passive? So passive just means buying the entire market without saying, I think I'm going to put all my eggs in buying an Apple stock yeah. because I have information that this company is going to do well in five to 10 to 15 years time. Instead, I'm saying, actually, let's take a step back. Technology is going to be doing really well over 10 to 15 years. We've seen, yes. Yes, and yeah. we've seen that. Yeah. So why don't we just hold the entire market that does technology and see where it goes okay. and actually historically if you go back a hundred years okay this passive investing where you're saying you know what i believe in a sector i'm going to buy in the entire sector has performed better than actually saying i think apple is going to do well yeah focusing on a particular one and yeah, exactly trying to yeah, yeah so okay. uh, so the point I'm, I'm making here is simply is that before I ventured into the journey of startup founder, and I know a lot of us listening to this podcast will probably want to do that. I made sure I got my finances in order and I went and I started investing at the age of 23 in well these funds. Yeah. Yes. I, th I still think today it's actually quite late. I wish I started at 20 because <laughs> I would have been a much richer woman. But, yeah. um, you know, nevertheless, I got started early, uh, 23. And now with that, when you're taking this risk of, you know, giving up a full-time paid job, I know should something go wrong, which it won't because you and I work really hard, yeah. we have something to fall back on as a family. We actually have some money, uh, you know, it's going to sustain me. And that's really the first step I would always recommend. Like if any of you are looking to come into entrepreneurship, save for a little bit, whether it takes six months to a year, save that money, invest it, because saving is not enough. Yeah. Uh, and we'll touch upon that in, in other episodes. But, you know, the importance is get financially secure in some shape or form. And the entrepreneurship journey has been a whirlwind. So, Ro, tell yeah. me, what have been uh, the most favorite moments whilst working at Dovu versus the most challenging things that you've had to do? Well, uh, <laughs> I'll, flip, I'll flip it around and start with the challenges, right? Yeah. We, we are regulated business. So putting everything in order. <laughs> Ticking all the boxes. <laughs> so um, I don't think I could have started this company without Ro. Ro loves regulation, whereas I, I do love it. I, I see the importance of it. I think it's great. But actually doing the work, I'd get lost. I'd be like... I can't do this. But Ro, thank God I have you on the team. It is a turn. I think it I is. think my neighbors now suspect I'm a vampire or I run a sect. I am always active at night, you know? Super active, 4 a.m. So I always You wanna tease me, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always call Ro my Batman. Cause I'll go to bed and I'll say, Ro, we need to work on this, this and this. And then I just go to bed, you know, having dreams, la la land. I wake up in the morning, it's done. And I'm just like, thank God. So we work anti-clockwise. And then in the morning, I'll say, you need to do this, this, this. And then I work it through the day. And then by nighttime, we're good to go. Yes, 24 seven business. Exactly. We never shut. We you don't. Know? So just putting everything together, all the regs. And I mean, we are in Kenya now, we're expanding as well. So, so understanding all this, you know, I was in Tanzania recently as part of the, our expansion and I had a meeting with some folks there. I'm not brilliant in Swahili. They want to hold a meeting in Swahili. Wow. So I'm trying to translate everything I know. So I'm going in there talking about Mavumuni, you know, our, our intent. It, it was super difficult. I'm just addressing an issue about the difficult side of doing this, doing it in a different language. Wow. Right. That's all I can say is wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're still doing it though. We yeah. are still pushing. And now if I flip it back to you. Yeah. What has been difficult? What's so interesting? So I'll start with interesting. So when I moved back and I was having these conversations and I was asking, you know, my friends, how do you guys invest? And they're like, no, we don't invest. We have our money in a bank account and that's it. Mm -hmm. And I said, do you know how bad that is? And they're like, no, explain it. And I was like, so you go to work, you work super hard for your money. Every month you get a paycheck. Yep. 
And then you go and put that paycheck in the bank thinking that you're earning money on top of it. But the reality is that there is this thing called inflation. And inflation simply means that the thousand bob I have today will buy me a Diet Cokes because I'm always on a diet. No, I'm not on diet. Mindful eating. Sorry, yeah. let's correct that. And it'll buy you five Diet Cokes today, but tomorrow it's going to buy you four Diet Cokes. And the money that you're earning in the bank account yeah. is giving you maybe two to three to four percent max before tax before tax okay yeah, yeah, yeah good one before tax yeah and inflation on average in african countries has been five percent and actually recently the kenya data team announced that it's seven percent seven now yes so can you believe that that same 1000 shillings have has now become 993 shillings because of inflation yeah. and you're not doing anything with it and i was like so tell me why aren't you investing like you are smart educated individuals right. what is it yeah and said so, to be honest the current process is really complicated as i like, explained it to me they're like you know i have to go to the fund manager um, I have to open an account via paper. I have to speak to someone. I need to understand everything. And it's really complex. So Attach photos and triplicate. Exactly. Yes. And then it's like, well, yeah. then the challenge is I don't even know where to start. Like at school, not just in Kenya, but around the world, financial literacy, they teach you how to dissect a frog. <laughs> yeah. And stuff like, exactly. And then there and then you get a you graduate and you're like, I don't know how to budget. I don't know how to save. Yeah. I don't know how to write a will. I don't know how to write anything the real skills and knowledge you need for the real world exactly yes yeah yeah and they're like so i don't know where to get started i was like okay interesting and they said lastly the options available aren't very exciting to me i said okay. tell me more they're like so in kenya today if i was an everyday investor and i wanted to invest five thousand shillings i can only do it in the local market i can't invest in microsoft and i use a microsoft the tech laptop sector that you love yes, yes. exactly yeah. you can yeah. tell i'm a tech yes tech tech lover so yeah so i was like okay that's super interesting so the fact that I could work and team up with you, get regulated, build the entire tech platform in-house. Yeah. To obviously the users, it feels like an app, right? It's super easy. But in the back end, it's like a big machine that you're building that needs to have leverage, you know, procedures from BlackRock, things that I'd seen that worked really well. How yeah. do we keep our customers' money safe at all times? Correct, yeah. Being able to see my friends, the same set of six people Those that we're having banter with. Yeah. I said to them, okay, can you now start investing? And they love it. They're like been the first adopters. And seeing that come to life has been probably one of the most rewarding things yeah. because I know I'm changing lives. And the reason I say I'm changing lives is because I just had a baby boy and I, I wish my parents did this for me. I put away, obviously, you know, babies are born first. People give you money and they give you presents. I said yeah. to everyone, don't buy any clothes. Don't buy anything. Just give me money. And it doesn't have to be a lot. Even <laughs> just if it's, give me money. No, because, <laughs> yeah. and I explained to them, I said, because yeah. I'm going to invest it in a global index because he's zero, right? Technically, he's at the age of zero. So I think it was about like a good number. I've okay. invested it. When he turns 18, he's going to be a millionaire. And oh, I've wow. done nothing. And I'm not putting any more money in. Of course, I will top up every time it's his birthday. Somebody gives him money. Yeah. I'm not buying him toys. Honestly, in the house, we have lots of toys and the kids go and play with the plastic dabba. Dabba in, in Punjabi is a, a, a plastic bowl. I think guys here know dabbas. You yeah. guys know dabbas? Maybe it's a Swahili word. You know, Indian language. When I was a kid, I used to have a dabba. Yeah, yeah, dabba. dabba yeah, yeah. yeah. supplies. Yeah, your yeah. supplies, your lunch, your <laughs> yeah. break, break. Yeah. Break was very important. <laughs> and literally, there's be all these toys and they just play with those two things. So my point being is less is more. When it comes to spending, you know, unless it's going to dramatically change your life, do you really need it? Instead, why don't you invest the money? Because in the future, yeah. 
you know, I wish my dad did this for me and I would be able to set up my business on my own and not really worry about the bills and the things I have to pay because I would have some money kept away. Yeah. So, you know, being able to give every single parent that opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to put away 5,000 shillings today. The idea is get started, build a future, let it grow. There'll be yeah. ups and downs and sometimes your money will come down, go up. But the idea is that with the stock market where you do an IPO, like where companies come and sell pieces of their company. Yeah. The idea is if you hold it long term, it continues to grow because the way we see the stock market is human progress. If people are going to continue buying, innovating, selling, yes. you'll continuously see a growth in companies. And so just put your money in one fund and for your child and forget about it. So I think being able to bring that to real life individuals yeah. and also seeing customer testimonials. All right, yes. So um, so we, we also have friends who've set up a company called Tulix. Uh, it's a remittance company. Shout out Tulix. Yeah, really great, smart individuals as well. And their marketing lady, uh, I don't know if I can mention her name, so I won't, but the marketing lady there's was... There's a lady, yes. Yeah, there's a lady, a very, <laughs> yeah. very lady. She was like, Radhika, yeah. you're the founder of Dovu. I said, uh-huh, yeah. And she was like, I love the product. I said, tell me more. And, you know, just the excitement in her voice, she said, what you guys do is you make it easy for somebody who doesn't know about finance yeah. and doesn't want to learn too much about finance, invest. So you have this goal-based approach whereby you say to, you, you take me through questions and then at the end of the questions you say, okay, based on your lifestyle, you're a balanced investor, aggressive investor, conservative investor. What does that mean? Yeah. It's just very, you know, Ro, can I have, help us explain? Maybe plug because I'm talking too much. But you, you can, <laughs> what's conservative, Ro? Conservative, you... On the spot, quiz time. Oh, man, I love, I hate quizzes. Oh, I'm nearly saying I love, I hate quizzes. Yeah. So a conservative guy does not want to take risk, right? Mm -hmm. You want to invest your money, but you want to safeguard what you call capital. Capital is the actual initial amount that you, you invested. So folks like this will put money, say, into a fixed income fund or a high-yield uh, savings account, for example, right? That's the most risk averse. And what yeah. it means being conservative is that your money that you put in first is protected. Correct. Yes. And you'll earn money on top of That's that money. That capital. So yeah. it's protected at all times. Correct. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then there's an extreme to it. The individual wants to put in cash and say whether it goes up 100% or goes down negative 20, I'm fine with it. Yeah. I, I want to bear risk because I think there's a trade-off, right? Yeah. Greater risk greater return yeah so this is an individual called the adventurous investor mm -hmm. he's, he's out there he's he's able to stomach <laughs> <laughs> you clearly are adventurous investor yeah, right I, am, yeah. I think i am as well because of what we've done setting up this company and all that to be honest bro you've hit the nail on the head um i always believe in and i'd love to pass this wisdom on to my children is that time is money and you need to be around people that inspire you drive you and that's the more softer element of it want you to be the better person and honestly you know in your 20s you know i was there i you know went out partied i didn't i wasn't necessarily surrounded with the people that could take me to the next level and as you start picking and understanding what do you want to be where do you want to be in five years time yeah. you realize actually i need to learn from this person so i'm going to hang out with them so time is your most valuable asset and i think when you're younger you always feel like your friends will always be there and you're going to miss out on these relationships so guess what people grow up yep. and they get busy with families yep. and that that you know you're not going to be there doesn't matter anymore because they're just busy and you're busy so actually use your younger years in terms of time to really navigate where you want to be in five years time and I wish I did more of that, but actually I, I landed in a decent place, so that's fine. Success is defined by your network, meaning 
you can come from nothing and as long as you're constantly asking people for favors and help and interested in that it'll take you a long way but time when it comes to investing and i wish i wish i knew this works in your favor so i started investing at the age of 23 and let's say i was saving 10000 shillings every single month but i wasn't just saving i was investing i was investing in a passive index which i explained earlier just the entire market saying this is going to continue to grow every single month and row started at the age of 30 but he's doing the exact same amount i just started 7 years earlier yep. i'm going to be at least half a million dollars worth more when i come to the age of 65 and that's because of a concept called compounding interest and so what that simply means is let's take the snowball analogy it's very common in finance to use it i know in kenya we don't get snow but just just roll with it let's imagine snowball. there's yeah. a snowball yes so take your you've created a small snowball and you roll it down the hill when you roll a snowball down the hill because of the nature of the the snowball itself snow density etc it starts to gather and as it gathers it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and that is what compounding interest means so put it in financial terms it simply means that if you put 10000 shillings today yeah. this 10000 shillings will be worth 1100 next year That year that 1100 is growing with more interest interest on interest interest on interest on yeah. interest on interest and so at the end of it when you come to the age of 65 I'm going to be a much wealthier woman than Roe because I started at 27 you'll definitely be a wealthier woman that's for sure yeah. woman woman <laughs> keep going um but the yeah. idea is that when it comes to investing it's yeah. all about the time you spend in the market rather than timing markets and the reason why I say that is cuz Kenyans and through our customer research we speak to probably on average 30 people a week and a lot of them invest in crypto because of hype the difference comes i would recommend reading the book who moved my cheese it was written in quite a long time ago yes but it's so accurate on human behaviors yeah. so if you're the person who like wants to consistently look for the next thing you could be a startup entrepreneur now talking about startup entrepreneurship and building a business here we are with our baby yes big baby called ndovu ndovu <laughs> What would you say is the unique selling proposition here? So for me it's personally the fact that you can leave investing to the experts. You come on board and we say to you invest and this is how much you can earn over time if you're disciplined with your savings. Yeah. Like we take the hard the stress and the you know the reality is Kenyans are getting busier by the minute. We are connected to our phones all the time. We're constantly working. Do you really have time to now go and research about finances? You don't have to. You can yeah. choose an easier way. Give us your money and we'll manage it for you and it's done at a competitive price. I'd like to say we're most competitive in the market. And yeah. that's one USP. Like you don't need to learn anything. But in the same breath, if you felt like you wanted to get more involved, we give you access to global markets, but we do it in a responsible way. So the ethos of Dovu was like, yes, we want to make you money. but actually say keeping your money secure at all times is one of the key things the company's built on and it comes from the fact that Ro and I actually have finance experience and we've seen things go wrong and the idea is that we're not going to give you access to buying different companies individually because you as a retail investor don't have the you skill set yeah. you don't have the time and there's no additional information that you know that isn't available on the internet so how do you even Ro and myself how do we make the right call that you know a tesla is going to be around for 5 to 15 years and the idea is that we want to make sure kenyans are growing their wealth responsibly and it's not saying you're not going to make returns because these funds do really well they do double digit returns depending on the sector that you're in but let's do it in a way where you're holding 
a basket of companies rather than one individual name so that if you ever needed to draw upon the money before you needed it, you're not seeing that significant up or the significant down. And so for me, that's like the two things USP. We're guiding you on how to invest yep. responsibly, but you're still making good returns. Holding your hand, yeah. And or if you feel you're too busy, you can't do it. You just give us your money. We hold your hand. We do it for you. Leave it to the experts. Um, and yeah. And Novo makes you work your money. Yeah. Yes. We are licensed by the Capital Markets Authority in Kenya right now. We are expanding into 12 other African countries. So people, uh, whether you're in Dakar or Maputo, will soon be coming to you via the internet. Yeah. Indeed. And you can get started as little as... 5,000 baht. Exactly. So you don't need to have lots amount of money to start. You just start. <laughs> awesome. Dovu, what's your money? Dovu, in partnership with Capital FM. Let's talk money.